Welcome to The Bachelor Breakdown, where we break down the game of life. Especially the games that men play. I'm your girl, Erica. I'm Ashley. Let's break it down. Hello, and welcome back to The Bachelor Breakdown. Um, if you're watching, you will see that I have headphones on today, um, mostly because I feel like my audio quality is crap. Um, so I'm really trying to show up here um, in the highest most understandable clearest fashion um because i just feel i just feel like i haven't been showing up the way that i would like to and i feel like the audio represents that especially on this podcast um which leads us into our topic of the day it's always me right like i feel like sometimes in my life where things happen or i can't catch a break and um and I feel like we tend to be in seasons, like those areas in life, it seems to be certain seasons where you're like, wow, like you just can't seem to like break it, right? For me, it's been a perpetual season. Like it's never, it has not stopped. And I felt like in this, like in this podcast, like I'm like, fuck, excuse me, but fuck, like I can't, like why isn't my video Clear. why is my audio crappy like why like what what do I need to do to to make it better um and I feel like in life sometimes we get into this rut of like it's always me like I'm the problem like or um we we lean into the expectation of things not going our way or this is just how it is for me um, and we end up settling for less or low quality or, or low vibrational relationships or, or or we accept settlement as our fate, right? Yeah, we have the expectation that something is not going to go our way. So we're already expected of things not going as planned or as we would like it. And yeah, and it feels like even when we try to do better or improve something or change, it still doesn't work out like those that or still keep attracting that individual, we, we, whether we it's keep... a narcissist or the guy that's not ready or the guy that can't commit or whatever, you continue to kind of attract that. Or even in friendships, maybe you keep, you know, attracting the same kind of toxic friendships. Um, so it's interesting because I think this is something that a lot of people deal with whether it's in work any kind of relationship or right? in life and like if you if you have a certain outlook in life you keep attracting those things whether it's your relationship your friendship your career um anything in life like you have this expect you have this you've settled for like it's me I'm the problem this is just how my life is going to be um and and you, you settle for less. But I think the reason people settle for less is I think that when this is, if you're someone that you feel this is always happening in various relationships, I think you become so comfortable living in that space of things not working out for you or maybe always perceiving to be the problem, that that's comfortable. So that becomes our normal so that's a normal place for us to operate is in that uncomfortable area. And that's our normal now. So it's like, how do we break that cycle 
where what's comfortable for us, we push it and we do what's uncomfortable and make a change to do what we feel would be better for us or the outcome that we want. Well, being the nerd that I am, I've actually, in trying to get out of this perpetual doom cycle that I like to call it, that has been my life for at least a year now, (laughs) it seems like, like, just from my own experience, like it has been a year of things just snowballing on top of each other. It's like when I feel like I've put out one fire, another one starts somewhere else. And I have had to sit with myself and think like, what am I doing to attract this? What am I settling for to attract this? What space am I living in that I keep experiencing these often traumatic experiences. Um, And it's so easy to get stuck in the rut of saying, this is just my fate. Like this is, it's just me. Like things are, bad things are gonna happen to me because it's just me. Um, And in order to shift, like, cause I'm always trying to figure out how can I shift? Like what can change for me? I've done a lot of research. And what I found was, is that when you form a core belief about something, like psychology supports that your core beliefs um, are basically the narrative, the story that you operate from. And when you form a core belief about something, you actually seek out experiences that reinforce that belief. Now, whether that's conscious or subconscious, that's what you're doing. And it kind of blew me away because I'm like, oh my goodness, that is, that is what I have been doing for all of my life, like as a child, just not really um, learning that everything, any in any and everything is available to me, learning basically how to survive, I realized that I'm still doing that as an adult. And even with the therapy that I've, I've done and I'm still doing, like I still seek out experiences that reinforce the, the core beliefs I have about myself. And it's, it's, psychology supports that it's so much easier to form a core belief than to change one. Mm-hmm. So if you are in a perpetual cycle where you can't catch a break or bad things keep happening to you, um, what you're actually doing, what you're actually doing. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> okay. Side note. I moved as part of as part of this perpetual doom cycle that I have been in. I had to move, like completely move houses, change my whole life around. Like one day we will chat about it and have a real honest conversation about it. But I moved, um, and this is my fourth month in the house at this point, and the construction around me is unfucking real. But but just like you heard the loud noises in the background that would that would reinforce my core belief of like I can't get out of this shit like this doom cycle like oh it's bound to happen to me because it's always me like I've tried to have on headphones to cut out the noise and I've done all these things to try to cut out the noise and guess what happens when I am trying to do something that I actually enjoy doing the noise still finds me right yeah so If I am being honest, like that would reinforce my core belief of it's always me. However, I am trying to shift out of it actively. And I realize like 
that shit's just gonna happen. It's not me. Like, in anything you do in life, it's gonna happen. And sometimes, you know what? I always say, because I, I I know, and I feel like I'm in that season. For me, what you're describing in life, um, I feel like it hits me in seasons. It's not always consistent. And that's what I always tell people when it feels like it just, the world is out to get you because everything just seems like it's like, why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? I find that tends to be in seasons. Mm-hmm. They don't always last long. Like you kind of mentioned, I feel like right now I'm in a season that's lasting a little bit longer than I thought it would. You know, I keep telling myself, okay, it's going to pivot soon. We're going to be out of this. And I still seem to be there. But I think the the easiest way to tackle these um, these moments in life that are tough and emotionally draining is to just to really, like you said, it's, it's more mental. Mm-hmm. It's to change your perspective. So when things keep happening, the thing that I tell myself that really helps me through these moments, and I know like what you're going through, um, I always say, okay, well, I must be on the right path, Mm. right? The devil must be after me because I'm I'm right there. I'm close to it. I'm about to get the prize. And he's sending all his little, you know, minions to try to get, (laughs) you know, that's how mentally I I, I do it. That's true. No, and I think that when you change your perspective on how you look at it, I always believe that if you're really about like on the precipice of doing something great or whatever it is, you know, I'm very faith based, but someone else, if you're not like, I always look at it as I must be close to whatever it is God's plan is for Mm me. And the closer I get, the more adversity I'm going to get. So I just look at it as I just have to keep going. You have to keep going and you've got to change your perspective. So instead of me saying, oh God, let me just be defeated. This is never going to work out. It's always difficult. I keep saying, I must be getting closer. I must be getting closer. And that's what helps me to just keep forging forward. I think that's beautiful. And I have even tried that. Like I told God, you know, there was this, the memes going around about, um, God's strongest soldier. I told God I wanted to retire. Like I've had a serious chat with God at the end of 2022. And I said, God, I am ready to retire from being one of your strongest soldiers. Take me off the list. I want to retire. And I feel like I keep getting called up. God, take me off the list. I'm going to declare it today. Take me off the list. I'm tired. I just want to retire. I ain't got no more fight in me. I won't fight no more. Because you, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I just told you how I kind of cope with it and, and how I uh, keep myself going forward. But there are nights that sometimes I sit and I'm just like, I'm so tired. Like, how much more do you need to test me? So I get where you're coming from. It's just after a while, you're like, dang, like, how much more do I need to overcome and you know have to deal with like I'm ready I feel like I've gone through every single obstacle (laughs) that I absolutely could and I just keep to me you know I'm I like I I cuss a little bit I feel like I'm getting my ass beat and I'm like okay like I'm I'm I'm, but what I read what in doing the research and trying to understand and work because I feel like when you try when you are trying to get out of a doom cycle or when you're trying to change your core belief system when you are really working to um, chart a different path in life you have to, it, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of understanding both of which you probably don't already have 
right? Because if you had it, you you may be choosing differently and you wouldn't be where you are. Um, so I do do a lot of like research and reading. And um, what I have found is that because I am a nerd, when you experience um, trauma in your life, and I want to define, I, I, I want to define trauma here. When I say trauma, I don't mean um, the extremes of trauma that we often hear about, like physical abuse, um, you know, neglect, abandonment. I, I mean, like, if you grew up in a household where you were constantly told, like, you won't ever be anything, or when your um, emotional or love and belonging needs weren't met, if you constantly had to take care of everybody else and no one really witnessed you or supported you, like those little nuances in life, they're, they're actually traumatic because what they teach you is, is that you don't matter subconsciously. Um, and then you form your narrative about life based on those childhood experiences. And some of those narratives that play out are, you know, it's your duty to serve everyone else. You, um, you know, your self-worth is determined by how much you give to people, how well you take care of people, or if, how beautiful you are, how you present yourself, like whatever your childhood experience was, has shaped your narrative, right? And if one of your core beliefs is that, um, you know, you acquire your sense of worth and sense of self and sense of value from serving other people, well, that's a circuit that's going to run in throughout your brain, your entire life, until you actively become aware of it and can change it. And um, there was an article from the University of Northern Colorado about the neurobiology of trauma. And in it, um, it states that when someone experiences a traumatic event or like extreme fear, your brain chemistry is actually altered. And the, the brain begins to function differently. And it's what, it's what they call a fear circuitry. And it's a protective mechanism, which we all have because our, what our brains are hardwired to do is keep us alive, right? So if you are in, if you grew up in a household where, you know, anytime you ask for something, you were told how ungrateful you are or how um, much, how worsome you are, that's a Southern thing. Worsome is Southern. So just want to let you out know. <laughs> Um, or just uh, how much of a bother or inconsiderate or ungrateful, then you learn not to act your brain because, you know, you're, you are internalizing those messages and your brain is biologically hardwired to keep you alive. And you form the narrative that asking for anything means you are a bother or obligation or bad. So then you reach out when you need help. You don't reach out when you need help. Um, you learn to not ask. You learn to just accept whatever is giving or given or offered to you. Like that yeah. is what I feel like keeps a lot of us in the circuit of it's always me or I am mm -hmm. the problem. And mm -hmm. in those cases, we often attract people into our lives, whether it's relationships or friendships that mm -hmm. take advantage of that. 100%. And the people that we are in relationship with usually are the type of people that say, this is just who I am. Settle for it. Deal with it. Accept me as I am. And because you are 
hardwired to believe that you have to accept anything. That's what you do. And it's how these roles and narratives play out in our life and affect us that shapes the trajectory of our life and ultimately what we settle for. A hundred percent. And that's, you, that was so well said. Um, and you're correct. You know, what I was thinking about is I haven't gone through this because, like I said, I haven't dated in several years now, but I have individuals around me that are um, very much so dating. And, you know, a very close friend of mine, I feel like, you know, just knowing her history and it, I feel like, and this is something that I felt like was with myself or in the past, but like I said, I haven't dated in so long. Um, I can't pull from that, but I feel like this individual um, who is such a catch, like such a catch, (laughs) you know, like any guy that would have any kind of time with her should be lucky because she's just to the core, a good person, which I feel is kind of hard to find these days. Um, Extremely educated, kind, hardworking. And she finds herself in this pattern with guys, um, who are not, or might be saying one thing, but doing another. And that next step of commitment never seems to come, no matter how giving she is, no matter how present she is. And so we kind of had this conversation recently. And not to say that she said this, but I feel like maybe she was internalizing that it's her. Like something must be wrong because I'm the common denominator in all these relationships that continue to be, end up in the same way, right? And I kind of thought about that because I was going through something similar. And so I told her, I said, just like you were saying, we all have our past scars, trauma that shapes how we operate now and shapes what we tell ourselves. And like you said, that then attracts those types of individuals to ourselves because of this narrative that we tell ourselves. Because like you and I always say, I think energy is a big thing and we can attract what we're telling ourselves in that. So I always say that in order to break that cycle, we just have to be more aware, not of self-aware, but aware of the other person's actions. Because I really truly feel that everyone is telling us the truth guys or a girl, like whether you're a guy dealing with a girl in this situation or a girl dealing with a guy. And I realized this in the last couple of years when I was going on dates here and there. And it made it so much easier and so much more enjoyable as I was dating. And this is the thing. And I tell people will always tell you who they are. They will always tell you who they are. I'm telling you, I went on dates with guys where um, they might have been trying to put the best foot forward and been very charming, but in our conversations, because I'm a listener and that's my background as a reporter, I've learned to listen to people and they always tell you who they are. It's just whether or not you want to listen. So that's why I said, you can't blame the other person. You have to listen because they're going to always tell you who they are. So whether I was dating these guys that were super successful and really great guys, gentlemen, they were still letting me know whether they were ready or not. And 90% of the time, they let me know they weren't ready. So I looked at it as, hey, this is just a guy who is great personality, great looking. We can have a great dinner, enjoy each other. But I know that where he is is not what I want. So no, I'm not going to prolong this. But hey, I'm not going to get mad at him because guess what? He's told me 
where he well I think you, that's I think you just said something that's huge and I want to talk about that a little more it's like it's at first when you say people always tell you the truth and they tell you who you are I was like no they don't people fucking lie all the time but you are right. You have to listen to people because they do tell you who they are. And what's so interesting with this, when you can, when you could think, oh, it's always me, I'm the problem, I'm the issue, because you are seeking out those um, reinforcing exchanges and reinforcing experiences, you might not even, re- you're, not, you're probably not even listening and you're not realizing who you're dealing with. Where because you have tunnel vision of what you want this person to be. And that's why I say when I hear certain things, I'm like, don't blame the guy. Don't blame the guy. Don't blame the girl. Because I'm sure through their actions and words, they have already told you exactly where they are. Whether it's them not visiting you, if you're in long distance, are they making the effort to come and see you? Or is it only when it's convenient for them? That's a sign that tells me where I am in the food chain in this person's life, right? There's things like that someone can communicate non-verbally and verbally to let you know where they are. It's whether or not you choose to see that. So that's why I say blaming the other person and you are the common denominator. And that's what I had to tell myself. I am the common denominator. And how I allow someone to treat me sets a precedence for the relationship. You have to be responsible for yourself and you have to listen. We don't always have to be the one talking. Let the other person talk. They'll usually either tell them themselves or <laughs> something. Which is which is true. Which is true. And and that just makes me think, like reflecting now in this conversation, that makes me think like one of my exes that I had that like drug me, girl, drug, made me think it's me. I'm the problem. In the beginning. All the signs were there that he was not the one. But because my narrative was, oh, you know, you will be worthy to this person if you do X, Y, and Z, and you can just prove that you are good enough, that reinforced my experience. But also you trying to prove to this individual that you are worthy is actually making you to this individual unworthy. Yeah. Because someone who's worthy, you don't have you don't to, have to try it. No. It's like either you realize it or you don't. Yep. And I think once again, that it does start with us, <laughs> but we've just got to take the responsibility of it. And like I said, a big thing is listening and also understanding our own triggers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what it is. I think I'll just get personal, you know, for a lot of women in my age group, um, which I think I'm very young. Still, I am very young. I think we're young. Like I feel we're like young. we're young. Right? I'm very young. I feel like listen, we look good, we feel good. Like we, I feel like we are young. Like I don't feel older at all. But society, but see, that's the thing. Society is making us even someone as strong-willed as myself. Mm-hmm. I am not someone that anyone can make me do anything. Yeah, I've never been that way. I'll never will be that way. Even with society, society would say, oh my God, you're an old maid right now. Why are you thinking you have all this time to wait for this Prince Charming? You need to get the ball on the road, right? Get the ball going. And I'm sorry, it's not going to work with me because you're not living my life. You're not going to have to live with this potential individual that might not be a match for me. I'm not doing it. But 
I know for a lot of my girlfriends, because of the pressures of society, they are choosing to ignore these big red lights with these guys because they are so concerned that if they don't find someone this moment, they are forever going to be this stereotype of the old maid. Mm -hmm. Which is played out. It's so played out. Because of this fear, they are willing to overlook signs. They are willing to put themselves in a very detrimental position by committing to someone who ultimately it's not going to work out or couldn't be their person. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really dangerous. And that's why I just say sometimes like when I find myself slipping back in that and getting that, Mm -hmm. letting people get in my head about whether it's my age and I should, I just say like, you just got to cut the noise, you know, cut the individuals that might be saying it. Even if it's your grandmother asking you every day about what's going on. Sometimes you just got to silence whoever it is for a little bit and cut out the social media, et cetera, because it will get to you well, and you will put yourself in. Yeah. Like in, in, in trying to change my narrative, change my core beliefs about myself, change the trajectory of my life and not settle and not always think it's me. Like having, living with self-awareness is great, but living with self-awareness and um, self-debt, how do you say this word? Dep- self-deprecation. Thank you. Thank you, God. Um, <laughs> to not always blame myself, I have had to cut the noise, but also realize that I have the power to change my life at any time, right? And that starts by changing my core beliefs about who who I am, what I want, what I'm worthy of, and in, if you are struggling in this area of your life or you feel like there's nothing else available to you, you have to know that you have the power to change your mind about things and to change your life at any time. And I think that's hard for a lot of women, especially because we give so much of our power away to be validated, to be seen, to be heard. Um, and, and in changing your narrative about yourself you have to reclaim that power and not only that a big thing that you and I kind of were speaking about and I think we both very much so taken the reins on this is you know I have a lot of friends where I feel like they're rushing into things and they're ignoring that inner voice because of age and so forth and they want to start life right I just want to start living And who says that you can't start living now? That's, you know, I think it's a big thing to overcome this. Uh, Also to feel like nothing's going your way or seasons is to just start living motion. So who says, you know, at my age, a lot of my girlfriends are like, I really want to buy a home. I want to do this, but I want to wait to find like the husband and do. I bought my first home. I have really put down roots. I am not going to wait for someone before I feel like I can start to make a foundation for myself and my future. I have to start. You actually encouraged me with that because we, for all of our listeners, Eric and I walk all the time. We're like, we have our own walking club. (laughs) And it's these walks that really help. I do feel like they really help my 
mental health because we have such meaningful conversations. And I just moved, as I shared earlier, and I'm like, God, did I did I move too fast? Did I make the wrong decision? Should I build a house? Should I find something else? I don't, we're neighbors. Um, and I was like, Erica reminded me, she's like, no, do what you want to do now to this house. And if, if things shift and you want to build a house another time, if you want to buy another house, like then that, that will, that's fine. But you actually have to be in the energy of what you want right now in order for it to show up. And that's true. It's the same thing as changing your mind about, about yourself, your narrative, your story. Like you really have to, in your mind, change it first because it all starts in your mind and if when you change it in your mind it shows up in the physical and that might sound spiritual or like woo woo or whatever you want to call it but it is the truth when i change my mind about something things shift and and don't you notice i know for me once i finally made that decision to buy a home rather than trying to wait for this partner to show up and we could do this together for me it really created a um, even more of a, a steady, a grounded, a ground for me. I'm not articulating this correctly, but it made it so that I felt even more grounded. You know what I mean? And I felt even more protective of who I was, meaning I really don't need anyone. So if I have someone, you're, I'm choosing you because you make my life so much better. Not because now I feel like I can start putting down roots and just a person who wants the same thing and at the same time, so it's working. No, it's because I really chose you as my partner. Otherwise, I'm great. And I think that when you choose to start living, when you choose another thing that you kind of mentioned, which I love, which is when you choose to start romanticizing your own life, that is when it's harder for someone that is not your match or someone that um, doesn't meet you where you are, it's harder for them to come into your world, right? When your world is pretty good, you're not going to be as open to something that doesn't serve you. You're going to be more aware because you have something. Well, you won't settle. You won't settle and you won't settle for the the person who reinforces that you don't deserve anything. You won't settle for the person who needs you more than you need them. You won't settle for the person who doesn't compliment. And when I say compliment, I mean compliment with the E, not an I. Somebody who compliments your life meets you in the space that you want to be met in and they expand your life, right? And that's exactly what you said. You're like, you bought a house. You're not waiting for someone to come into your life and you buy a house together. No, because you bought a house, you will more than likely attract and you you're changing your narrative of I need someone to complete me or I need someone I need a partner in order to live like you are changing your narrative and your story uh, of waiting to I am going to be the person that I actually want to be with and that will attract someone who actually wants to be with me 100% and that's why I always say you know start living your life put down roots and I think when you really start doing that, that's when it all comes. I think when we sit there and we don't have any sort of movement, mm-hmm. right? You don't have any movement. What, is, what does it mean? Stagnant. You're just you're stagnant. Dead. You're stuck. Yeah, you're stagnant. You're dead. There's no, there's no life. Right. There's no movement. But when you start moving, you start creating the life that you want, I really believe that things start evolving for you and moving into place. 
Absolutely. And that's absolutely. And just to take it back to what you said earlier, like we have these seasons of resistance, right? Like, so if I change my perspective and the narrative from things always happen to me and this it's just must be me to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to accept Erica's perspective that when you are on the verge of greatness or something great happening to you, you will be met with adversity. And in my adverse times, I know something greater is coming. And also I won't question, like, is it just, it's, it's just me because what I've learned and what I found is that witnessing something in your life is very different than taking it on. And this is what I mean. When you go through adversity, when something frankly, bad happens to you in life or you get a bad break, instead of saying, God, like instead of enforcing, reinforcing the narrative that it's me and bad things are always going to happen to me, witness what's happening and say, is this true? Or is this, is what is happening true about who I am and what I deserve? Or is this narrative the what makes me most comfortable? Like, is is what I'm telling myself making me more comfortable to be able to deal with it? Or is it the actual truth? And when you can witness an experience and have that moment where you where you say, is this the truth about what I believe about myself? Or does this make me more comfortable to be able to deal with bad stuff? You will be able to recognize like, whoa, this is just me trying to reinforce the negative in my life. And I am going to choose to look at this differently, right? The noise earlier in the podcast, like I'm going to choose to look at this differently. Like this is just construction happened. It has nothing to do with me, what I deserve. It's not going to reinforce the narrative that it's just always me, right? And that, that helps you shift out of that doom loop and that fear circuit of what's happening or what has happened to you in your life. And you know what else helps too, Ashley, is like, um, I always, for me, I always say like, okay, let me change the perspective in my mind. And so what I also do is when things like that happen, like those annoyances, I'm always like, okay, so like if I were you, for example, and I know you're like someone like you think this way anyway, um, I would be like, okay, I'm, it's really annoying that I have all this construction and it's all around me, but you know what? I'm so grateful that I'm in such a blessed position where I have this beautiful new home that is immaculately decorate it because you have good taste. <laughs> Ashley has the best taste. Like, Ashley, you should do it professionally. I would. Beautiful. I just don't like people that much. <laughs> I, I, but, you know, that's how I would change the perspective in my head. So, like, when things are really annoying me, I always say, okay, well, you know what? I'm so happy that I'm in the position to be annoyed by this. That I, You know what I mean? Right. That, for me, always helps me to shift it. You know, yes. so I think in those moments, just shift it for yourself in that way. Yes, that that is, that's so true because it shifts you into a mindset of gratitude. It's like, I get to have the construction problem because I am in a brand new home in a new development. Like I get to, I get to have these first world problems. And then you, and you change from being annoyed to being like, all right, just another thing I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And it makes you kind of giggle, you know? So it's all in how we shape our perspectives and any and everything that we do in life. I agree. And I think another thing to remember too, in these situations, when you feel like it's always me, 
your circle, who you have around you is very important because I like, I love this quote. I don't know who said it, but it's, you either have um, something about be careful, be careful who's in your circle because it can really be a cage, right? So the people in your circle, if they are constantly telling you what you don't deserve, not willing to listen, um, you know, that you are the problem, it's always your fault, if they're always placing blame, anything that keeps you weighed down and in that, you know, limited narrative where you're, you're, you have all these self-limiting beliefs and, you know, you have those experiences that reinforce those self-limiting beliefs, like anybody, anyone in your circle that reinforces that for you, that doesn't, like, if you, like, I love Erica and I's relationship and connection because we are able to speak life into each other and we are able to share just perspectives and insights that uplift each other we're not telling each other how much we don't like each other that's that those people weigh you down and they keep you in that doom cycle so you have to be willing to cut ties with all the things that keep you tethered to the ground you really do and my suggestion for someone because i know there's some people that it's like maybe you're like a teenager right and you're living at home and it's toxic and you don't really have anyone to discuss stuff with I always say to that individual, or even if you're older and you feel like your circle's gotten really small and you're like, I don't feel comfortable discussing this with certain people because I feel like they could use this as like a weapon against me. You know what I mean? There's certain situations like that. I always say the best advice I can give is to step outside of yourself. I literally, I'm all about visualization. I literally see myself stepping outside of myself, looking at myself and speaking to me, myself, like I'm my daughter, Mm -hmm. not a friend (laughs) as a daughter. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I don't have kids, but I know when I do have kids, like, that's just going to probably be the love of my life. And I want you to speak to yourself like you're the love of your life, right? And so if I had a daughter and she was telling me what she was going through, what would I tell my child? And that's how you should speak to yourself. With that that little care, with that much love, with that much patience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So always just step outside yourself. If you don't have someone to speak to, speak to yourself and look at the the situation as it is your child coming to you saying, how do I navigate this mom? Mm -hmm. And then speak to yourself like you would your child Ah. with that kind of love and attention. You know what I mean? Yes. I think that's the best thing to do when you can't speak to someone. And then take your own advice. What would you tell to your, your baby? Yeah. Same thing, if you're in a bad relationship and you know it, it's hard to get out of it, right? Because we'll take on certain things for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. it was our child, we'd be like, honey, get out of it. This is a sign, that, right? We could tell ourselves, our kids so easily. Yeah. Do that to yourself. That's beautiful. It makes it a lot easier. And that way you don't necessarily have to share your business with people you don't with, trust. And who won't give you good <laughs> advice, you know, who aren't, who don't have your highest good in mind. Um, well, I think that's beautiful and the perfect perfect way to end end this conversation um if you if there are any topics that you would like for us to discuss or break down please email us dm us we're on instagram tiktok facebook all the things um yeah our website yeah yeah i would say ashley like it's so funny because we were always just talking about when we 
talk about different topics. Like neither one of us prepare when we do these talks. We're mm-hmm. literally just talking to you like we talk every day on our walks. And so if there's a topic that's bothering you or you want to, you know, have us discuss, please tell us because I always tell my friends and everyone, I'm like, we're not special. No. Like we're no. all, if, if you're going through something, we're not special where you're probably the only person going through that. Right. Like everyone right now with the temperature of the world and what's going on, we're all pretty much going through similar things. So let's discuss it. Let's be there for each other. So send us anything that's on your heart that you were like, Hey, this would be a good one to talk about because I'm sure we're experiencing it too. Yes. (laughs) And we would love to chat about it. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thank y'all for joining us on this episode of the bachelor breakdown. We will see you next month with the new episode. And until then, do you be you. We love you. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.